Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome to the final episode of season five of the Weight Loss Podcast. Welcome, Matt. I'm here. Yes. For the final time. It is very sad. This is the final episode of season five. I don't think it's sad. It's not sad. No, this has been a tremendous season. Just ask us. Yeah. We're only too happy to tell you. (laughs) Not the end of the podcast. No. Forever, but the end of this season. It is the end of this season. So we are wrapping things up with a Q&A question. A Q&A episode. I personally love Q&A questions. Yeah. <laughs> especially... Um, the question part of the Q&A. Q&A answers. <laughs> especially my favourite part of the season uh, now, I've got to say. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not, not going to pretend I don't enjoy podcasting because I effing love it. But the Q&A stuff for me is the most enjoyable because, well, it's come from people like you listening to us. Yeah. And very often it's questions that can be sometimes from left field. Yes, absolutely. So we put the call out for questions. Sure did. So we've um, canvassed uh, the Facebook group, um, strangely enough, called the Weight Loss Podcast over at a place you may have heard of called facebook.com. Yes, on this little thing called the internet. Yes. Uh, but I've also gone and pulled a number of questions, some real good ones, off our email, mm. Courtney. Remember what our email address is? It's been a while. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Nailed it. So as per usual Q&A tradition, I'll do the reading. Matt will read the question because we won't make this a five-hour podcast. Mm. Yeah, reading is a strength of mine. Talking is a strength of yours. Correct. So let's play to our strengths. Exactly. So let's just get stuck in, shall we? Because we've got a few here to go through. Yes. All right. First one comes from Jennifer. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. How rude. Sorry. Hello, Matt and Courtney. We're off to a good start here. Matt gets mentioned first. Hey, the shorter name always goes first, okay? Does it really? Yes. Sounds like bullshit to me. Shorter name. Whatever makes you feel better, bro. Hello, Matt and Courtney. I'm emailing you from very cold Vermont, minus 12 degrees this morning. This has to be in the US. Yes. Minus 12 degrees. That's what we're talking about. You know, it's funny. We've got a Vermont here. Like a few suburbs from us in here Victoria, in Melbourne. Australia. There's, there's a <coughs> suburb. <coughs> Victoria what? Australia. 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 Um, there's, a, there's a suburb, just a small digression, called Vermont. Well, that's how we pronounce it, Vermont. Mm. But this, but it's Vermont, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yep. So a small digression. We're only three minutes in. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. This is going to go away. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Oh. It's spelt the same, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a relatively new listener, but completely addicted. Thank you. That's all you, dear. Thank you. That's all you. Since listening, uh, my workouts have changed greatly, and I am grateful for all the info you provide about weight training. You made reference on one of your earlier podcasts about detailing uh, Courtney's weight training sessions and what they actually look like. Would you be able to show me where I can find this? Thank you so very much, Jennifer. Now, the fact that she says one of our earlier podcasts means a number of years ago. Um, So detailed on where to find it. Fuck if I know. Um, However, I happen to have here with me Courtney herself who can explain what her current weight training routine is as of 2021. Go. Oh, okay. I can do that. So my current weight training program, um, which is pretty much what it's always really been, consists of three days. So I do a three-day split. They call a three-day split. Um, so Technically speaking, we're getting pretty hardcore here. Yeah, three-day split. I have tried more. Some people exercise in terms of weight training specifically, maybe 
four or five days. I do right now. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just I've tried more. My body doesn't necessarily respond better to it. So there was no reason to do it. So I went back to the um, three-day split, which works perfectly for me. It means that I can still get in my cardio training. It's also sustainable for you. Yeah. So three-day split, basically the way that it's split up right now is I do a designated lower body day, which is um, basically a legs day. Um, I do then two upper body days. So do you want me to – Matt, do you want me to say what each exercise are? Well, the word here was detailed. Okay, sure. So my uh, start off with my lower body, my leg day, which I tend to do at the start of my week. There is no right or wrong with that. I just prefer to start with legs. Get the pain out of the way early? It is the hardest one. Tends to be the hardest one, so I like to get it done at the start of the week. Mm. But you can split it up whatever way you want. I will also say that I ensure that I don't do – well, I very, very rarely ever do two weight training sessions back-to-back. What do you mean back-to-back? So like as in on the same day, one after the other? 100% never, ever, ever, ever on the same day. Sorry. Oh, 100%. Never on the same day. Um, but very rarely will I ever do it on um, consecutive, days. consecutive days. Only because if I don't need to, I won't. Because I feel that um, my body just hasn't had enough time to recover. To recover. It's a recovery issue. So very rarely, unless I have to do it, I will not do consecutive days. I'll always make sure I have one day um, off weight training in between. So maybe I'll do like a cardio day in between. So leg day, back to the exact exercises I'm currently doing. Leg day is I start with barbell squats, single leg um, leg press, Why don't you just open your phone up and read it out? It's on your phone. It is. <laughs> this is why we write things down. It is right here on my phone. Um, leg extension machine. I do seated hamstring curls and then I do body weight calf rises. Cool. Then um, my second of the weight training days is my um, one of my upper body days, which I start with standing barbell shoulder press. I do a flat barbell bench press. I do a dumbbell side raise and I do dips, tricep dips. Then my second, my third weight training day, my second upper body day, Mm. I actually start with deadlifts. Yes. And most people, some people actually put deadlifts. This is sort of one of the ones that's a bit grey because some people will put deadlifts, barbell deadlifts on their leg day, which is nothing wrong with that either. I split it because my leg day is already very hard. Mm. Um, so to get the most out of my deadlifts, I put it on my back day. What type of deadlifts do you do? Because there's plenty of different ones. There are. I do just your regular barbell from the floor deadlifts. Yep. Um Deadlifts actually are a back exercise, <laughs> so they can easily be put on your an upper body day. Yep, for sure. So I start with um, deadlifts, then I move on to a um, lat pull-down machine, cable row, and I finish off with bicep curls. Love bicep curls. So the rest of my back day, because that's sort of like a second upper body day, so it's Pretty much more of a back day. That is, um, I mean, most of the effort there is taken up on my deadlift. So the other exercises I do are not massive movements. Pretty much a, a push, pull, legs, split. Yeah. As yeah. we call that. Now, um, Matt from Melbourne, Australia, writes in and asks, Courtney, with your bicep curls, do you do them in the squat rack? No. Why? It's unnecessary. I would say it's entirely necessary. <laughs> I do not do them in the squat rack for one very good reason is I use an easy curl bar. So you can just walk it into the squat rack. No. So an easy curl bar is one of those bars that you'll see in the gym that is sort of a zigzag pattern to on the bar. Mm. They usually come with sort of preset weights on the ends of Some them. Some can be empty like the one we used to own at our gym. Some can be empty. So I use one of those because I don't have fantastic 
flexibility in my wrists. I don't have great movement in my wrists. So I find that trying to bicep curl with a straight bar is not comfortable for me. So I use an easy curl bar because my wrist then can be on an angle. Love the easy curl bar. Mm. Uh, Very comfortable. We'll go to the next one. Yeah, well, Jennifer, I hope that helps. Yeah. Yeah, nailed it. If you need more detail, let me know. (laughs) All right. The next one comes in. Oh, sorry. Just before we do that, I should just tell Jennifer my rep range. My rep range is over 12 weeks. Starts off it as 10, then 8, then 6. Cool. So four weeks at 10, four weeks at 8, four weeks aiming for 6 reps. Why, why do you do that? Two sets of every exercise. <clears throat> why do you do that rep range? I've always found that that's a, a good rep range for me. I think. No, but why do the numbers go down? Oh, the numbers go down because you want to progressively overload. So in t- in terms of being able to progressively overload, if you always can sit going for the same amount of reps, you're going to be pr- get to a point where you're pretty stagnant on some exercises on where you can progress the weight. So every week I'll aim to go up in weight, but sometimes I don't. Um, if the form's not there or if I can't quite reach my reps. Whereas at least every four weeks when I'm ju- going down in a rep range, I'm definitely going to be upping my weights. Plateau prevention, we call that. Uh, all right. Next one comes from, well, this guy has to be a legend. His, name's, his name's Matthew. His name is indeed Matthew. Um, so you're a star. Uh, oh, he's a double star. Hello, Matt and Courtney. Short name. Boom. I have a billion and one questions. We're going to be here for a while, Courtney. <laughs> Uh, but we'll settle for two. First question is regarding whey protein, something I'm a big fan of. Uh, do you get the same benefits if you are taking whey protein straight after your workout but within an hour before going to sleep? My workout will finish around midnight and then I'm usually asleep by 1 a.m. or 1.30 a.m. at the latest. Easy answer, yes. Giddy up. Okay. Now, second question, how can you tell when you are pushing your body enough as it relates to training? Or should I be looking at completing my, my program first, hitting all the muscles before I start worrying about intensity? Thanks again, Matthew. Shall I? How can you tell it when you are pushing your body enough? Simple. Can you give more? It's a very easy question to ask. Could I have done more there? So by more, like could I have done more reps? Could I have done a heavy weight or heavier weight? If the answer to either or both those questions is yes, I could have done more, well, there you go. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a misconception with exercise that you have to come out of it dripping in sweat or or puffing, you know, being out of breath. There's there's plenty of especially upper body weight training sessions that I'll come out where I don't I don't really sweat I'm not a big sweater in well, general. Well, um, I know in winter here in in Melbourne uh, I can wear a hoodie for an entire session because I'm not sweating but I'm going hard. So I think that that's a bit of a misconception. So I would definitely not use those cues to say like whether you are or aren't working oh, it's, it, yeah, hard enough. Something else as well. It's not just um, things like sweat. Um, how often do you hear it? Oh, I'm not sure I went hard enough because I'm not very sore after my session. Like, no. Easy way to judge this is just is just that simple honesty test walking out the door. Could I have given more? Yeah. If the answer is no, like, mission complete. I think as long as you can keep your form, as long as your form is good and you're engaging your muscles that you need to be engaging on that movement, then then absolutely ask yourself that question that Matt just said. Matt, you know, we ask ourselves, we, Matt and I ask ourselves that question after every rep, um, after, sorry, every set, you know, could I have done more? Actually, it is a rep thing for me because if there's more on the tank, I'm taking it on the spot. Yeah, so stop what you're doing and put the weight up or... No, not so much that, but it's like, well, if I'm doing a given weight on a given exercise yeah. and my rep range is, say, 10... But I know I can go past oh, you're just ten. Keep going. I'm not going to sandbag it and stop at ten. Fuck that! I'm going to keep going and then adjust to the next set. Where yeah. I see a lot of people will just sandbag and go, "Oh well, I'm aiming for ten reps and I got my ten out and I'll just move on like a zombie to the next one." Like there's a difference between training and training with intensity, yeah. and that's why the, the I call it the honesty scale. Walking out of the gym, um, but also as Courtney's alluded to, he set by set is like, you know what? Could I have done more there? Yeah, and I think. The part of this question from Matthew is, or should I be looking 
at completing my program first, hitting all the muscles before worrying about intensity, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about hitting uh, – I'm not really sure in terms of hitting all your muscles, but I'd be making sure that you can hit the exercises you're doing, you're doing them correctly, and then – I'd definitely be worrying about intensity straight away. Well, there is. I mean, intensity isn't just related to how much am I lifting um, because a simple phrase that we have with our clients is this, how you lift a weight is just as important as how much you are lifting, which is why I personally, I'm not impressed anymore when someone says, oh, I can bench press 150 kilos. Like, great. How does it look? You know, I, I can leg press half a ton. Like, okay, a leg pressing with like a three-inch range of motion. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, intensity doesn't isn't just related to a weight. It's related to the quality of the movement. And you can have it. We might have someone there. They say they're, they're learning how to do a barbell squat. Uh, they can really work their tail off just by working to get a couple of inches lower in their range of motion to really hit that thigh parallel. Even smaller muscle groups and smaller exercise, like um, movements that are using smaller muscle groups, there was a time, Matt, where you and I were using um, pretty much the same weight for our dumbbell side raise. You and me? Yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, you listening have seen pictures of what Matt looks like and compared to what I look like, there's a pretty big difference there. Um, Slight. You know, he's like a foot taller than me and he's, you know, got much larger shoulders and and um, and arms than I do. And we were doing a, a dumbbell. And I'm very sexy. Yeah. A dumbbell um, lateral side raise. Mm. And pretty much using the same size dumbbells because there was a time there where Matt couldn't just, he just couldn't get the engagement in the muscle he wanted. So he went down in weight until he could get the engagement. So he was working his butt off on this exercise to just engage this this one little muscle that he needed to and we were pretty much doing the same weight. So it gives you a good understanding that of what Matt just said, that it's not necessarily about the weight that you lift it's about the quality of the movement and you can be doing a really small weight and still be working your butt off by trying to um, engage the muscles that need to be engaged. Yeah, cool. Next one. I'll get the next one. All right, you take this one. All right, next one comes from Jody. <laughs> Hello, Matt and Courtney. This gets me every time. Short name first. whatever makes you feel better. Your podcast has changed my life, not only in the way I look at weight loss, but in the way I am able to apply it to work, life, and relationships. Well done, Courtney. Well done, Matt. My two favorite bits of wisdom are, you only fail if you quit, and motivation is overrated. I personally will agree with those two things. You would too? Yes. These have changed the way I approach almost everything. I was wondering if there are plans for the Weight Loss Podcast Academy to return in 2021. I would absolutely love to partake. Thank you and fantastic job on the podcast. Thanks for the kind words, Jody. Courtney does indeed do a tremendous job with this podcast. I'm just here to make sure the place does not burn down. Now, are there plans for the Weight Loss Podcast Academy to return in 2021? Fuck, yes, there are. And we're not going to say anything else just yet because there's something pretty big coming. Yes. So I'm happy to completely sidestep that question. Yes. Uh, so answer, yes. We will more, keep you posted, Jody. More, more details? No, As not soon yet. as we have more, we'll but, let you know. But coming soon and, yeah, that's all we're going to say. Great question, though. Mm. Okay, uh, so that's um, that puts an end to the emails. Yep. We'll now um, hit some questions we got in the Facebook group. Perfect. Which I will once again read. Ashley asks... Do you feel that self-worth plays a part in binge eating? 
Yes. Okay, next question <laughs> comes from. Yes, it, it does. It definitely plays a part. I mean, is this just like a just like a one word answer? Well, show? I thought you were going to actually discuss it. With I'm, I'm giving you space to explain yourself. Well, I think that it it definitely does, and we've spoken about it actually in this season, um, which has all been based around self worth. Um, I can recommend season five of the Weight Loss Podcast. It's fucking great. I hope throughout this season we've been able to answer this question in a lot more detail, but definitely it plays a part. There's definitely a part to play because the way that I mean, self worth is an emotion. It just it's just it's just another form of emotional eating. So the way that we feel about ourselves will often, for a lot of people, if you have an emotional eating habit, then um, it will just feed into that. So for myself, even in my history, when I've felt down about things. Um, I used to binge eat, for sure. Um, Yeah, but was that like as a form of punishment? What were you doing to take it out on yourself? Um, I don't necessarily know the answer to that question. I think there would always be certain part of that because by the time you – have even if it doesn't start off that way I feel like a lot of the time it ends that way because you will do something you'll emotionally eat or you'll eat something that you know you shouldn't have done and then that feeds another trigger which is then beating up on yourself why did you do that that was so stupid you've wasted now the you know the last month you know and then it spirals out of that so I'd say yes not necessarily it starts off that way but often in my experience has probably ended that way so you'll do something because maybe of a you'll eat something that you know for celebration or you know I'll get complacent you know with my um, routines and then the binge eating for me would start because it becomes then a beat up why did you do that what have you done you've ruined it you know that sort of talk so I, re- I think it does play a big part in it. Okay. What do you think? Not always. <clears throat> I think self-worth can play a part in binge eating, but I certainly do not feel that it always does. I'll explain why. Uh, some people will indeed binge eat uh, as a form of punishment, which is why I asked you that question before, Courtney. Uh, so... You're a failure. You're a fuck up at life. Cop this, but not all, that's not always the case. Sometimes binge eating can be an emotional response to a situation. Stress is a real easy one. Bad day at work, rough day with the kids, argument with your significant other. Like insert life stress here, and your habitual response is to go and seek the comfort. So that's where you know binge eating is medication for some people. Yeah, that's what I spoke about though. But I think you're, I think that you would find that a lot of people that do that would then have a self worth reaction. They might have one after the fact, but I'm what I'm getting at is I don't think it's always the case that self worth is part of the trigger that leads to binge eating. No, no, I I, I agree, and that's why I said it doesn't necessarily always start that way. But often, not always, but often it would finish that way. Yep. It, I won't argue with that. I don't think it's a clear cut like this is always how it works. Um, I think for plenty of people, binge eating is less about self-worth and more about you haven't got another outlet to release these negative emotions. Mm. So, for example, when I was younger, I used to have a bad day at work and then use that as an excuse to go home, avoid the gym, and eat shit. Now, for me at the time, my self-worth was already, you know, down the toilet, but that that didn't enter my mind as a, a reason to go and do that. Um, I just didn't have any other sort of outlet. Mm. Over time, I've gradually, and this has taken work, found other outlets as... Um, 
responses to stress in negative situations, be it walking, workouts, what I'll sometimes do, and I don't tell people that I do this, but um, I'll sometimes just message a friend at random and ask how they're going, or even a client of ours at random, and just use an excuse to start a conversation because it makes me feel better. So I find different outlets for that. Hmm. So this, without turning this into an episode about binge eating, um, my thoughts are that self-worth can play a part, but definitely not all, all the time. I agree. I don't think it's a it's – binge eating is one of those things It's not a cut and dry situation because it's going to be different for everyone and for everyone it's going to be different over time. Yeah, you need to – It's going to evolve. The first thing you look at with that are the triggers. Yeah. And it's really – for so many people it is habitual and that's where you just look at the habit loop. It's yeah. like, well, where's, where's the cue? We know what the routine is. Um, what can we adjust here? Can we adjust the cue? If we can't, we have to adjust the routine. Correct. I, I before you go, sorry, Courtney. I I believe for many, many, many people, you can help them uh, overcome their binge eating habits by helping them to discover more healthy outlets for themselves. Yeah, that's what I was about. I was about to say something similar, which is, is just if if you if you think that self worth is playing a part in your binge eating, then that's that that's just something like you don't necessarily need other people to have felt the same. You just need to find what is your cue and trigger and then you can work on that. So it doesn't necessarily matter whether in in a way whether we think that self worth plays a part in binge eating. Well because if it matters to you like if you you feel like for you it does well, the thing is, we're not saying it doesn't for everyone. I think I don't think it does all the time, but I think it sure as fuck does for plenty of people. There's too many triggers to name them all for binge eating. Well, it's a um, it's a case by case basis. Correct. So I think that Matt's hit the nail on the head there, which is mm. if for you, I'll take that. Self worth is a trigger or something. Celebration, stress, um, sadness, depression. Anything is a trigger for you that you recognise as a trigger for binge eating, then that's what can be addressed. Well, yeah, I, th- I think finding finding ways to redirect that energy is the first place to start. Yeah, and Matt's actually always been very big on making sure you've got hobbies, making sure you've got outlets. You have to because you can't you can't live life constantly trying to pour from an empty cup. I, I learned myself, say, for example, with our work, like I love what we do, right? But holy fuck, it does take a toll. And if I don't, if I don't prioritise my own outlets for myself, I'd be very, very hard to be around. Like, Courtney, you can attest what I'm like when I don't get enough me time. Yeah. Like I'm a complete asshole. Yeah. I'm not fun to be around. I don't like that. But I also understand that that happens because I haven't used or taken advantage of my my outlets, my social outlets, my hobby outlets, etc. So I make a point to prioritize those, like I prioritize my training, like my food prep routines, like my work responsibilities. It's like this is just up. It's non-negotiable. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable. Yep. So that's the best I can say about that. Yes. We'll go to the next one. Yes. Great question. Mm. And before I actually go to the next one, Courtney, I will say we have not done a podcast episode about binge eating. Have we never? Nope. I just went through <laughs> went through my head everything that we've done because I've got that weird memory. We have not. Oh. We've, okay. done emo- we've done emotional eating but not binge eating. So... Might if we might need to flesh that out more. We might need to. We're gonna. We're gonna. All right. Next question comes from Jessica, and this will be a very, very quick answer. How do you recommend someone get past their guilt over things such as overindulging, making mistakes, etc.? I would like to recommend the Weight Loss Podcast, Season 5, 
episodes, How to Deal with Guilt, Parts 1 and 2. Boom. They will be helpful. Uh, yes, um, which you've probably listened to by the time you get to this episode. But, uh, yeah, I hope they helped because that's the, the exact type of shit we spoke about. Yes. Yep. Next one. And hence we did it over two parts. So too long to go back into it all right now. So very, very highly recommend just listening to those two yeah. episodes. And if you still have questions, Jessica, then send us another question. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Maybe something very similar here. Jane asks, what advice can you give, please, about a lack of self-worth if you've fallen off plan or straight off course? Kind of the same thing, isn't it? I think this is, this it is seems a guilt like thing. we've really done um, well because this sort of self worth and making mistakes is uh, is seems to be on on everyone's mind at the moment. So it's probably good that we did this season on this topic. Well, to be fair, when I put the post about the Q and A in our Facebook group, I did state the topic. Oh well, then that's helpful. <laughs> I didn't actually see I, that post. I uh, I did telegraph that one. Um, but yes, I think same thing, Jane. Um, go back and listen to How to Deal with Guilt, Parts 1 and 2. And then if there's anything that you need clarification from there, like just send us another question because these Q&As ain't going to go away. No. All right, next one. Mm-hmm. Judy asks, having lost weight before, I know how hard it is to do in terms of time commitment. Hard training, discipline. Question now. How can I overcome the feeling like I have Mount Everest to climb without any oxygen? I don't seem to get to that motivational place. Trigger warning for Matt. And want it enough, which makes my self-worth even worse. And so the cycle begins. Plus, with two small children, I feel like it's so hard. I know it's a cop-out, but the tiredness is cruel, and here we go. I have an answer in my head already, but I've been speaking a lot the last 10 minutes. Courtney, after you. Okay. Um, I don't have uh, an answer in my head yet. Um, Shall I give mine while you are formulating your response? Yes. Okay. How can I overcome the feeling like I have Mount Everest to climb without any oxygen? You don't. I recommend accepting it. That's how this works. This whole journey is a mountain and a series of mountains you are climbing. I do appreciate the image, Judy, that you have. It is It is a tremendous analogy. Excellent. Um, what's helped me with that is accepting the fact that it is indeed a series of mountains that you climb but you get better with each one where to me, I think the, the real question here is the one that hasn't been asked. Having lost weight before, et cetera, and now I have uh, Mount Everest to climb, why'd you stop? Mm. That's the real question to ask, why'd you stop? Um, I, for me, the next one is I don't seem to get to that motivational makes me shudder, place and wanted enough, which makes my self-worth even worse. And obviously the difficulty of having two small children because that becomes, you know, there's you know, dependent people there and there's time management. Um, my gut feeling on this is just the, the drive slash purpose slash why has not been discovered yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that that's the biggest thing that I took from this question from Judy, which is, I think that maybe, Judy, you're looking at the wrong place. So you're looking for that motivational place and you're looking for that feeling that you wanted enough, whereas you're not necessarily always going to have – I know a lot of people talk about this grand snap point that they have, and some people that feeling is a lot stronger than other people. But I don't necessarily think that you need to look for the feeling. I think you need to look for the purpose. So – Instead of looking for a motivational place, look for the purpose that you want. So what outcome do you want? And then see whether it's important enough to you to make it happen. I think that rather than um, 
I think too often people are looking for this magical feeling that it's like a switch that's supposed to go off in them to tell them that they're ready and it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, So I think Matt's right. I think that you've actually got to look for your purpose about what you want at like what do you want to happen here or like Matt discussed in a previous episode of this season, what do you not want anymore? That's sometimes the way you can find your purpose too. You've either got to look at what you do want or what you don't want anymore, but in, don't wait and and wait for this magical feeling because it's probably not going to come. There's a big difference between telling yourself you need to achieve something or need to lose weight or need to whatever versus this is what I want yeah, or this is what I don't want. Yeah. To me – uh, as I have said before in a previous episode of this season and plenty of times in the history of this podcast, very often people are brought undone because their goals aren't clearly stated or clarified enough. So I'm not saying this is necessarily what you're going through, Judy, but let me just give a, an example of what I mean in a real simple sense. Someone comes to us and they tell us their goals are to get fit get healthy, and tone up. Those goals are shit. The reason those goals are shit is because they are not clear, they are not deeply personal, and they won't be enough to get you out of bed in the morning when you don't want to go to the fucking gym and go to the fucking gym, for example. So what I am personally am seeing here um, is that you just haven't fully connected yet with why you'd want to do this. And you know what? That's okay. Most people haven't, which is why most people don't get what they want, what they say they want with this. I think there needs to probably be, I'm going to use a favorite of Courtney's here, some self-reflection. You like that? Some self-reflection on the things that either you do want for yourself or the things that you do not want anymore for yourself. And maybe see if you can just dive a little bit deeper as to what it is that can drive you forward with this. And small professional tip, it ain't got nothing to fucking do with that motivational place. That place is a shithole. Don't go to that town. It sucks. Yeah. And it is going to be hard. No matter which way you end up going, it's going to be hard. Actually, you know what? I can give another answer to how can I overcome the feeling like I have Mount Everest to climb without any oxygen. Don't stop once you start. Yeah. It just makes it so much fucking harder and it does make the mountain seem higher because it's like, well, I've fucking got to start all over again. Fucking just people, stop stopping. Yeah. You can camp somewhere for a little while if you need to. We call that resting overnight yep. before before trekking up again. But um, you don't once you start, yeah. don't stop. Like don't go you, back all the way back down. To I, the I've said it before. It is the number one advice I would give to anyone with this. Once you get started, do not stop. No. And it'll be hard, and you'll make mistakes, and you'll miss things, and you know shit will go wrong. But just don't stop and make. Don't do it to yourself to have to start again. All right. Next question comes um, from Laura. Uh, about how long after I start weight training can I expect to see and feel results both on and off the scale? What should I be looking for? Courtney, go. How long till I lose weight on the scale? How long's a piece of string? You want my answer? Who fucking cares? The, the changes on the outside, they could take 12 weeks. They could take 12 months. You really, I couldn't tell you. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you how long that would take because everyone is going to be slightly different and it's also not solely about the training because if you are doing great weight training but you then are going home and you are eating shit for dinner, <laughs> it is probably going to take even longer to see results. So it's very, very hard in this little snapshot to be able to tell you how long something like that will take. We have had clients where they have looked the same for six months and then all of a sudden, just really strangely, all of a sudden within a week, 
it just seems to have clicked and they look vastly different. It's just really weird like that. You can't predict it. And there's so many other factors like sleep, recovery, food, um, you know, um, just everything that goes into it. Very so, specific, everything. Too hard. Too hard to give you a response on the um, on the physical changes. But I will also say what should you be looking for is there's there's small wins along the way that is what you should be looking for, can not I, the scales. Can I, all right, can I make a reference to some older episodes we did, 10 Signs You're About to Lose Weight? Yes. Uh, I go back to that. Um, I, I will seriously just address results on the scale. Who fucking cares about the scale? Yeah. Like, that's irrelevant to us. Um, I'll also say I personally, just my gut feeling, this is a very short-term question, and it's a short-term outlook question because I personally think the question shouldn't be how long till I start to get something from this. The question should be, am I prepared to do this for the rest of my life and make it a lifestyle? Yeah. This to me is putting the cart before the horse. Mm. So the question should be, what is in, what am I prepared to do to be consistent with this and make this part of what I do as a non-negotiable? Not, oh, how long till I get something from this? And I think it's easy to get trapped into that sort of feeling when you start something new. You know, it's something new and it's exciting yeah, and the you're thing doing is, something. So it's easy It's easy to get trapped in that feeling of, oh, so when is this going to happen? But you're right, Matt. You need to sort of pull yourself back in that situation and remember that you're going to be weight training. You should be prepared to do this style of training for years and years and years to come. One might say forever. Also throw out your scales. I don't know why you still own them. Listening, um, listening to this podcast, that's a question that's just going to trigger us. Like scales, who gives a shit? No one cares about the scales. You should care more about how your clothes feel. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No one worth listening to cares about the scales. What you should be looking at is taking notice of things like how are my clothes fitting? How am I looking, you know, in the mirror? Am I taking photos of myself to be able to gauge differences? Um, because remember that clothes fitting as well, when you talk about weight training, your body's going to shift and change. So when I first, you know, years ago, I remember having a pair of jeans that fit me better early days of me losing weight than they did a year after. And it wasn't because I was getting fatter. It was because my body shape was changing. Mm. So you've got to factor these things in as well. So that's why taking photos is a great idea because they will also help you when your body starts to change and maybe clothes are fitting in different ways, you can also go back to photos to be able to see the changes that are happening. Because if I didn't have photos back then to look at, I would have freaked out thinking, shit, I'm getting fatter. But I knew I wasn't because my photo showed me I wasn't. It was just that I was having better definition in my legs better definition in my butt. You're also building strength and building muscle that wasn't there before. Like So my jeans were fitting differently. You're a great example of going from, remember my old phrase, the, the butter butt to the bubble butt? <laughs> yes. You never used to have a butt. But from before we move on, can I say, if a client asked us this question, for me, it would be a major red flag. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because it's a short-term question. Yeah, it is. And to me, I personally think being fully transparent here, Laura, this to me smells like short-term mindset. Yeah. And I think you're right, Matt, to say that there is there is definitely signs, though, that you can be looking out for. So what should you be doing rather than being on the scales is yeah, take, make sure you're taking photos. Well, you, you've mentioned this, but I, I, I would say just go back to those episodes I mentioned before, 10 signs you're about to lose weight. Like yeah. we covered this There's quite small wins there. along the way that you can be looking out for, Laura, that will really change the way that you're thinking about these. But the, the – of all the small wins, the one that's going to count the most, in my opinion, the one that should come first, is are you looking at this honestly long-term? Are you playing the long game here or are you just thinking how fast can I get an outcome? Yeah. Because I'll tell you something, how fast you can get an outcome is going to probably be how fast can you lose whatever you got. Yeah. Like the, the old cliche is it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, but you know what? It's fucking true. It has to be what am I doing for long term, not what am I doing till Christmas or till the wedding or till my birthday or till whatever. It's am I playing the long game here? Yeah. 
and what actually you want to get out of it. So I think this can be a better question, a far better question that gets asked down the track of what am I noticing since I've started weight training? Oh, I can carry more grocery bags at once. Oh, I get off the toilet easier. I get out of bed easier. I get off the couch easier. When I go to close the door, I didn't realize how strong I was. I slammed it. That's the question that needs to be asked down the track. Yeah. Sound good? Yep. Last one. Mm -hmm. Evie asks, how do you know if you are eating enough or not enough? Go. Go. Um, Good question, actually. We get this a bit. Um, People ask us how much should I eat and I think it, it it all depends on where you're at. So a lot of new clients that we have that will say to us, they'll freak out when they first start working with us and say, oh, you know, how much am I supposed to eat? Like there's a magical number, you know, to be able to tell them to eat. How many meals a day do I have to eat to lose weight? So I think to start off with, a lot of our new clients that will start, we'll just tell them to eat when they feel hungry. Mm. So eat when you feel hungry and eat to your full. So really easy place to start. Then as you go along, you can start to refine that. Well, you have to refine it because as you start to train, um, your metabolism starts to ramp up. Uh, you've got to sort of ramp up what's what's coming in with it. Um, I find this to be honestly kind of a vague question because the question of how do you know if you're eating enough or not enough, well, my first response is enough of what? You know, um, I personally would look at this and then go, well, is your body changing? If you're not changing the way you want to be changing, something needs to be looked at. Now, it may it may be eating enough, eating not enough of whatever it might be. There's other factors to take into account as well. Um, so I, I would say, how do you know if you're eating enough or not enough? Look at the mirror. Are you changing the way you want to change? If not, then someone that knows what they're looking at might need to look at what's going on here and make an assessment. Um, I will say one thing, uh, words of wisdom that I learned a long time ago, no one got fat eating vegetables. No. No one. No, no. Um, Something else as well, um, before we bring this one to a close, whole idea around getting getting in great shape, improving your health, improving your functionality It's got nothing to do with how good you have to be or how perfect you have to be. The way you should approach this is what, how much can I get away with and get the outcome I still want to get? Yeah. So it's not about, oh, I've got to cut this and I've got to cut that. It's like, no. What do you need to, how much do you need to improve to get to the tipping point where your body says, yep, you've done enough. I'm going to give you what you want now. And that's different for everyone. I've known some people that can that can be pretty relaxed with certain things that go into their body and they get what they want. Fucking good on them. Other people have got to be a bit more attentive yeah. to things, you might say. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that either. It's just how we are. Yeah. Um, but as I said, if you're not changing the way you want to be changing, things need to be looked at. But it, it may it may be, as I said, eating enough versus not eating enough, but could be a whole host of other factors as well. Yeah, it could be variety, it could be protein, it could be... Um, well, that, let's also, the first thing I go to, metabolic blockers. Mm. What the fuck's a metabolic blocker? Well, things like stress, certain medications that are, are known to, you know, potentially hinder weight loss, um, poor sleep habits. Alcohol. Thank you. Drugs, alcohol. Etc. So I said, as I said, there's there are a number of factors that need to be assessed. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, in closing, no one got fat eating vegetables. I think that's the biggest thing. That's what going back to what I said earlier. That's what we tell our new clients, which they'll get. You know, you get resources to some great recipes, and it's very much about try new things. Mm. Make sure you got plenty plenty of vegetables in your in your food. Plenty of variety. Plenty plenty of color. Try out new things. See yeah. if you like it. Yep, taste and textures. And eat when you're hungry and then go from there and then monitor the changes once you start doing exercises or 
um, Matt doesn't switch off his phone before he's podcasting. Um, and then, um, you know, when, when, once you do weight training, it's monitoring how hungry you are, monitoring your recovery. So you'll know if you're not eating enough because you're not recovering well after after training or you haven't got the strength that you usually do during training, things like this. All of these are sort of cues to help you figure it out. Well, there's, see, that opens another door entirely. Like in terms of recovery, like are you overtraining? Yeah. So in other words, we can't answer that question. Well, I think it's I, I think you can't. And I think that uh, it, it, it's a, very, a lot of people assume because there's a lot of diets out there that tell you what to eat and how much to eat. Mm. That, that way a lot of people just assume that there must be an answer to that question always. But there is an answer to the question if you want to be on a diet. But if you don't want to be on a diet the rest of your life. Well, the answer, the answer is very individual. You have to look at what the individual is doing. And yeah. the best way I can phrase this is see where you can spot the holes. Like what are the things that could be working against you here? Mm-hmm. As I said before, metabol- metabolic blockers is one of the first things I go to. Yeah. And that's all I've got to say about that. Yes. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Well, that's it. That's it. Well, we the have podcast a- is over. <laughs> we answered all those questions as well as we can today. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions, and thank yeah, you for thanks. sticking with us through season five. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for supporting us in the show. We're quitting. This doesn't work for stop us. It. I haven't changed fast enough. We're going to stop podcasting now and go to something else. We will not. We will be back later this year mm. for another season. There will be another season, season this what? year. Season what, Courtney? What number? Six. Well, I thought you'd screw that up. We are already in the process of planning season six, which will indeed drop this year. So we are sticking, as we tend to do, to our two seasons a year uh, format Mm -hmm. because you know what? It works well, and if it's working, don't fucking change it. No, but make sure you follow us on your uh, podcast app because sometimes we do have a tendency just to drop a random episode here and there. Who knows? Um, we we may, we may not, but definitely season six coming at the end of this or towards the end of this year. Yes. Um, come in the meantime, hang out with us in our Facebook group. Uh, you'll find the link to that in your podcast app. Just go to the description of this episode. Uh, and uh, yeah, as as Courtney said, thank you for listening. Thanks for bearing with us and putting up with our shit. Yes. For this long. Hope you've got a lot out of season five. If not, well, blame me because I plan most of this out myself, this one. Yep. Uh, the next one's all Courtney stuff. So, yep. Thank you for your support and we look forward to seeing you. For season six. Next time. Bye for now. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com.